All right, I have something to show you. These are shoes. You're not going to be able to tell as much from there, but I can tell. These were brand new three weeks ago. And 78.5 miles later, this is what they look like. They're torn. They don't smell good. And so two, three weeks ago, we went on the trip to Israel and walked 50-some miles. And then the genius that I am agreed to chaperone an eighth-grade trip to Washington, D.C. So last week, I put on another 20-some miles in these shoes. And it just got me. I'm sore. I feel older than I am. Does anybody just wish you had a new body sometimes? I really wish that the second night I slept on the bus or tried to sleep. When you're big, it's hard to get comfortable on buses and planes, just in case you didn't know. But we're going to talk about new, newness today. The passage we're going to look at is in Revelation chapter 21. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to it now. But when I say the title of this message is A Whole New World, what, when I say that, what do you think of? A Whole New World. Well, I heard it. Yes. So as one who has four daughters, I thought of immediately Aladdin when they sing A Whole New World, and I'm not going to sing it for you. But that's what came to mind when I thought of this, A Whole New World. But this is what our passage that we're going to reflect on this morning is talking about. And as I mentioned, this is in the book of Revelation. And two weeks ago, Pastor Bill talked about Revelation some. Last week, I brought it up about the lamb reigning on the throne. You know, Jesus, our good shepherd, became one of us, became a sheep. And now is the lamb reigning on the throne, and we'll talk more about that later. But Revelation sometimes is a scary book to people. So here's our some nots and is's about Revelation. Revelation is not a scary book. Revelation is not a code to be broken to figure out when the last day is. Revelation is not a separate book of the Bible. It's not like we have the Bible over here and then Revelation's over here. Remember what we've been talking about now for a couple years. Revelation is part of the one narrative of events. And it's important, especially to remember that whenever you're reading anything in Re Revelation, to remember that n there's nothing new in the book of Revelation that you haven't heard in the previous books of the Bible. Taking it all together, remembering that the one narrative of events that this whole Bible is connected by the crimson thread Jesus. So even though there, there is some scary imagery and some things that, oh no, what's going to happen when the last day comes? We know what the end is already. Because as we mentioned last week, the Lamb is already reigning on the throne victorious. So Revelation can be a difficult book to understand, if you get called up in all of the hoopla surrounding it and you lose focus on the lamb who is already reigning on the throne, it's the number one title used for Jesus in the book of Revelation is the lamb. So, Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. 
I mentioned this before, and this is just another tip when you read anything in the Bible, is to, if something jumps out at you, to take notice of that. Now, there are four words I'm going to go through that jumped out at me when I read and reread these seven verses here in Revelation chapter 21. And so let's go through those those four. So the first two verses, Revelation chapter 21, I have the verses on the screen for you to follow along. Remember, this is John, the Apostle John, the youngest disciple that was given this vision of heaven. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So word number one, new. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. So maybe you're wondering, well, why do we need a new one? Well, it's pretty obvious why we need a new earth. You only have to look at the news on any given day to realize how far this earth has gone down the tube, has suffered because of sin, evil in this world. So I just looked at the news this past week. Mass shootings in Buffalo and Milwaukee. Baby formula and other food shortages. Hurricane season is starting. Flooding in farmlands stalls farmers from planting. Heat waves, wind gusts, wildfires, death, destruction, sadness, sickness, natural disasters. Now, it definitely seems like the end's coming, right? When you look at the news, but I'm telling you, none of this is new. This has been going on for centuries. All these same things, maybe not the exact same news events, but all of this stuff has been going on for centuries. We can go all the way back to Genesis and the Garden of Eden when God made everything perfectly. And ever since Adam and Eve broke God's law and ate of that fruit, we've been going downhill ever since. It's nothing new. The second verse that I read to you, we get a beautiful picture of what it's going to be like on that last day. John is given a vision of us being depicted as a bride ready for the groom. And who's the groom? It's none other than Jesus Christ. And the reason that we are ready and adorned to be the bride of Christ is because of what Jesus did for us. It's a beautiful picture. Does anybody like to watch HGTV? And wouldn't you agree this world needs a total renovation? A makeover? But this isn't a DIY project. This isn't a do-it-yourself project like a lot of the things we see on HGTV. This isn't something we can do, we can fix on our own. And like I mentioned, the only reason we're pictured as this beautiful bride adorned for her husband is because of what Jesus did for us 
on that very first Good Friday when Jesus was on the cross. Remember when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The father was, did forsake his son. He took out his wrath on Jesus, who was carrying our sins. And because of that, we will get to enjoy a new world, a new heaven, a new earth. So let's go on to word number two. Verse three. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. So word number two that jumped out at me here is dwell. We have a God who wants to be with us forever. Have you ever felt lonely or abandoned or like nobody wanted to be with you or around you? That's not the case with our God. He wants to dwell with us. He wants to live with us, to be with us forever. And again, this is nothing new in the Bible. We can go all the way back to Exodus when Moses led the, the Israelites out of Egypt and they're in the desert. God commands them to build a tabernacle. And that's just another word of dwelling place. This is where God came to dwell with his people. And he wants to be with us forever. So this is not anything new in the Bible. This has been connected by that crimson thread from the beginning. He wants to dwell with us forever. And that's why he solved our problem a do-it-yourself project that we can't do. And he sent his son to do it for us. Let's go on to word number three here. Verse four of chapter 21. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. So word number three, tears. No more tears. There will be no more death, destruction, sadness, sickness, natural disasters, mass shootings, food shortages, heat waves, there will be none of it anymore in this new heaven and new earth. And again, this is not a new thing. We've been told this throughout the whole Bible. Just looking at the book of Isaiah in chapter 25, chapter 30, chapter 65, three different sections of Isaiah where he's talking about the new Jerusalem, which is, the, which is heaven. And mentions there will be no more tears, there will be no more crying, there will be no more weeping. Doesn't that sound nice? There will be nothing, none of it anymore. Let's finish up these verses with verses 5 through 7 of Revelation chapter 21. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. 
also he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he, by the way, the he here is Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb, said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. So the word from these verses that jumped out at me was the word done. You know, I've mentioned this before. In our world, we have do versus done. Every single one of the other world religions in our world, you have to do A, B, C, D, E, and F in order to maybe get into their version of heaven. But wouldn't that be a stressful way to live, not knowing if you've done enough? We don't have to worry about that. Jesus took care of it. He says it right here. It is done. And of course, that hopefully that reminds you of another time he says this sentence. When he was on the cross on that first Good Friday. When Jesus said, it is finished. He wasn't saying that because he was about to die. He was saying that because God's plan of saving us was finished. God took out his wrath and anger on Jesus. who is carrying each and every one of your sins, my sins, and all sins. It's done. It's finished. Jesus finished the job on our behalf. And because it's done, D-O-N-E, we can be in the new heaven and the new earth where God will dwell with us. He will live with us. He will be with us forever. We will see Jesus face to face. And that's going to be a glorious day. Amen. Will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we truly do thank you for that amazing, glorious day that we will get to experience when we go to be with you in heaven. We thank you that you took care of it all. That when Jesus said it is finished, it was really finished and our salvation was completed because of what you did for us. We thank you for this new heaven and new earth that we will live in where there will be no more tears, where there will be no more death. We thank you so much for that. And Father, as we continue to live in this world, where we can feel the effects of sin in our bodies and in our world around us every day. We ask that you be with us. Continue to help us keep our eyes fixed on you. And we have so many people on our prayer list, out on our prayer cross. You know each and every situation. We pray that you comfort these people watching over them. Be with all these people that are suffering from these, this, all this bad news we get in our news. Father, we thank you for promise. We thank you for the church you have blessed us with here for these people. We pray that you continue to be with us. And as we start a, a new year here at Promise, we pray that 
you help us and guide us and direct us to always keep you at the forefront above anything else. We thank you so much for sending the Lamb who is already reigning on the throne, who shed his blood for us, and who also taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 